Hi, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Unreleased track. One, two, three, four. Money and love. Which one are you doing it for? Everybody has to make that choice sometime, you know. Something is wrong. I can tell the feeling is gone. Do you still remember when we started long ago? Wasn't it love that kept us on? Diving in a rented car. Who could have known that endless road would ever have come? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Billy Joel A2Z. Today, we have another unreleased track, which at the very least is not from the Cold Spring Harbor, Artie Rip era. So at the very least, it's produced well. So that's a, <laughs> that's a change. This uh, unreleased track from the Stormfront Sessions in 1989 is entitled Money or Love and can only be found on the My Lives compilation album. Obviously, there are no rankings, but I don't mind telling you, Alon, and I was waiting, you know, before we press record, I was going to tell you this. I love this song. I was very excited to talk about this song. I love it. I've already placed it on the Hidden Gems playlist on Spotify, which apparently no one can find except Catalina in Chile. Yeah, this this playlist is so hidden. It is truly only for Hidden Gems. And I'm no so upset it. about that, that I can't figure that out. But I put it on. I already put it on. I love it. Said obviously that is your playlist, Dave, because I would not count this as a hidden gem. I think the song is fine. It's okay. But I don't know. I guess you like it because it's about grievances. You like this kind of personal attack kind of thing. Nope. I only like it for the song that it is, for the music, for the 80s uh, kind of feel to it. It's the got keyboard. That. I love it for that reason. I had no idea it was about grievances when I first heard it. And then, of course, reading into it, then it's even more interesting. Yeah, the backstory is pretty cool, and there's not a lot of information about it, really. So it's a lot of speculation. But apparently, uh, this is about, you know, band members that Billy Joel fired, maybe just about Doug Stegmeyer, the bass player, or maybe also about Russell Javers, his rhythm guitarist. He fired both of them before Stormfront. It also could be about Liberty DeVito a little bit, who was also disgruntled at the time. But he's asking, uh, you know, were you in this for the money or did you like what you were doing? It's really personal. Yes, yes, it is. And that was fascinating. First of all, I had no idea Doug Stedemeyer. Is that how you pronounce his name? Stegmeyer. Stegmeyer uh, killed himself. I didn't know he was dead. I didn't know he yes. committed suicide. I had no idea. So yeah, I that, know that's why you kept emailing him to be on the podcast. That's why he didn't get back to you. That you know what? That adds up a lot. <laughs> but yeah, I had no idea he had killed himself around, I guess, around 95 or something like that. And yeah, uh, uh, maybe it's because of Billy Joel. <laughs> I don't who knows. I, I think it must have played a role in it, you know, because if he's a guy who was struggling with mental health, you'd be pretty depressed if you got fired from your you know, great career as Billy Joel's player for so long. Um, and then, you know, he still did other stuff in those years afterwards, but it definitely must have weighed on him. Yes, but uh, you saw what he did, right? He was performing with Debbie Gibson. I mean, so he did pretty good for himself. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's still, you know, technically back in that time in 1989 or so, that is a good thing. But then as soon as the 
a decade turned, it became a bad thing. But uh, hey, listen, he, he killed himself right after Billy Joel stopped recording music. I don't, I, is there a correlation? I don't know. Yeah, maybe not. Um, oh, he also played with uh, Hall and Oates on like one track on in their album in 1990. That was another thing he did. Besides Debbie Gibson, let's not say he was only the going. Hall and Oates direction. in 1990 were through. Yeah, it was one of their like comeback albums. If you're telling me he played on uh, Big Bang Boom, then you have another story for me. But he did not, and apparently, and and because Big Bang Boom and that album is weird, or is whether you like it or not, which you know had multiple hits, just like an Innocent Man, which came out around the same time. Their band was heralded as being awesome. The Hall and Oates band. If you were in that, they had um, G.E. Smith, right? From Saturday Night Live. That's right. But they were known as being a very important, good band. In fact, if I remember correctly, at Live Aid, they backed up Led Zeppelin. The Hall and Oates band was backed up, backed up the the members of Led Zeppelin who came in to play there. I mean, that's a big deal, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Where the people at MTV at, at MTV, the VJs were like, and they were backed up by the Hall and Oates band, you know, like, and it sounds stupid today, but they were they were big deals. So if he was in that band at the time, but he wasn't. So then you see another reason, possibly another piece to the puzzle. I will tell you that I did find out some very inf- interesting information, which is part of Liberty DeVito's book, I guess. Now, first of all, and I don't know whether you know this or not. Liberty DeVito was demanding co-songwriter credit to Billy Joel. Now, if that's the case, I would have fired him, too. I mean, he's got to be kidding. I mean, he's got to be kidding. I mean, this guy is out of his mind. Now, I don't I mean, we'd still love to have him on the show, but I'm just going to say it. I mean, that's insane. It's Billy Joel. We all know what he's doing. He's he's not collaborating. He hired some people to he hired musicians. You don't ask for co-songwriting credits on Billy Joel stuff. No, I, I don't I don't agree with that. I think what? Look, it, if Billy Joel brought some songs into the studio that weren't quite finished and the other guys like came up with parts of it, like maybe and I don't know what the story is, you know, what Absolutely Liberty added not. to things. No, you are incorrect that I see what you're saying. You're right. But they get paid as studio musicians if they choose to help. That's them. They they know what they're getting into coming in. It is Billy Joel and it is all Billy Joel. And what he says goes. It's so not they, all black and white like that. There's other bands where they would give credit. To other some bands. Guys, and this one, they didn't. Other but look, he's bands, always- but he's the man. He's hiring studio musicians who also play with him outside. He, he's not if they contribute something, he still has the final say, which makes him the end all. But that's the problem here, right? I mean, because these guys weren't just studio musicians who were hired. Maybe that's how they started, right? When they all joined the band in the mid, late 70s. But they were his band. Like, they're a band. But the problem is that the act is called Billy Joel. And you know that rubbed these guys the wrong way a little bit because they wanted it to be, you know, even like Bruce Springsteen at least said, and the E Street Band. That's what he said. That's how it started. This is not that way. This is not Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. This is Billy Joel. And they they I don't even think they call themselves the Billy Joel band. I mean, they can in certain circles, but that's not what we refer to them. We all know Billy Joel is the end all song singer songwriter. I I think Liberty DeVito asking for co-songwriter credit is insane. I don't think that's fair. You get paid as a studio musician. If you want to work with another band where you have a deal when you come in and, and that's said in advance, that's different. And that's what he's saying. 
He's like, dude, if you, you know, you, you got a problem with that, then walk away. You know, and, and he's allowed to say that Billy Joe's allowed to say that. And here's the, and here's the issue. What he says is he says, Billy says to Liberty one day, I guess while working on uh, Stormfront, I guess he says, what do you think if we, uh, you know, got rid of Doug and, and what's the other guy's name? Russell Javers and Russell. What do you, what do you think we get rid of them? And he goes, Oh my God, they'll be devastated. And he goes, I'm just thinking about going a different direction. I'm thinking about for this next album, River of Dreams. I'm thinking about going a different direction. For this next album, Stormfront going in a different direction. I think it was after Stormfront. No, they didn't play on Stormfront. They were fired. Okay, okay. So that's so that's the thing. So he's talking about getting other musicians, right? Which he was going a different direction. He got rid of uh, Phil Ramone after that, right? So okay, so that's he's like, what if you think we get rid of these guys? And who knows why? You know, maybe he was just going for a change, but he was trying to keep Liberty. And Liberty goes, they'll be devastated. And then you know what happens is. Liberty keeps playing with them. And then the uh, person, you know, the people say like, well, if you were that angry about Doug getting fired, so why'd you keep playing with him? He goes, well, I had kids to feed. I got family. I got all that kind of stuff going on, but that, you know, then if what are you going to do? Yes. You don't want to quit because, you know, you need the money, but if you're sticking up for these guys, you then, you know, if you're real serious about it, you walk out too, but why are you walking out? Billy Joel's allowed to do all of this. It's not like Bon Jovi where they all, even though, yes, it's his name, but they all got together at the same time and formed a band and, you know, clearly made a deal at the beginning. Here's how it's going to work. Or you two who credit, they all, they all credited with songwriting or, or uh, green day. Same thing. We know Billy Joe Armstrong writes all the songs, but all the guys are credited or given equal shares. That's how it worked at the very beginning. Yeah. You're asking the, the, door, the doors famously did that where they had all of each of them always had equal songwriting, which credits, is no matter unbelievable. Who in the 60s to do that but they were smart because the guys that weren't jim morrison you know they were they were smart that ray manzarek was probably smart he goes hey we got this really handsome guy to sing our songs let's just credit everybody and be grateful we found a guy like this it's what uh we always talk about Stuart copeland should have done with sting yes he formed the band but you should be thanking the lord that you found a sting who's not only amazing uh, to look at uh, and a singer but we'll write all the songs and make you famous. I mean, that, that's, that's when what you, people say about us in this podcast. They certainly do. But <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying, I feel, I don't know why you're saying, I, I think it's Billy Joel and everyone knows it and going in, they know it. You don't get songwriting credit. I'm Billy Joel. And I don't think he's going around saying that. I just think it's an unwritten, you know, sp- unspoken thing. Well, uh, no, I agree. That's it. And that's okay that, that it's like that. That's Liberty's own grievance. But I do think he has a, case if he can point to certain examples where he really did bring something like truly to a song then yeah you could be kind of pissed off like it's like with a comedian who puts out a special and you're like i gave him that punchline but what you know what are you gonna do you're not gonna make a big deal about it that's just how it is like they wrote 99 of it or it's their own voice or it's a thing where maybe they do have writers like maybe someone like chris rock does have people who write for him but he kind of does like the last cleanup of the of the stuff but it's well known that then it's written by Chris Rock. If Chris I'm not Rock, saying that he does this, but let's, if, let's use him as an example. If Chris Rock decides to get writers for a special, then they all know how it's going to work. You know, Bob Hope had writers for years and they never got credited. He always credited his writers, but he never said them by name and they all knew what they were in for. And when you write for a comedian, you know you're not going to get the credit, but you get paid for it and that's how it works. Now, if Liberty, if you're going to tell me Liberty DeVito as we know, added in a couple things like that stupid line at the end of Goodnight Saigon, 
or, you know, and it said, uh, what if we did this kind of drum beat? I don't think that credits you as getting money as a songwriter. You're that's your that's your job as a as a drummer in a band to to say, I've I've got an idea, but but that's what you get paid for. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of like, I mean, think about someone more like Richie Kanata, you know, so he's the sax player and maybe, uh, you know, Billy Joel's like, and then at this point, you'll do a sax solo. And he writes an amazing solo. And like, all Billy Joel might have said was do a sax solo in this key or something. And that guy's doing all the actual composing of that part of the song, but it's still a Billy Joel song. That kind of thing can, uh, you know, uh, maybe could bother you. a little I, bit. I, It could bother you, but you're really an idiot if it does. Because I'm I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, I'm gonna write a sax solo for Billy Joel, and he's asked me to do that, and I know how it is. I am a band member, and yes, I'm writing this, so I'm hoping maybe he'll take care of me, maybe he'll give me extra money, but you know, to ask to be credited as a songwriter is unacceptable because it's Billy Joel and other bands that might be the same. And if you got a problem with that, leave the band or form your own band. Yeah. Okay, I, I agree with that. But like the issue here, let's get back to the actual the firing of J- Doug Stegmeyer and Russell Javers is kind of like a loyalty thing. I think they felt like they're Billy's band since 1975 or whatever. Um, you know, Doug joined first and then he brought along his other bandmates, which were Liberty and Russell um, from this band that they were in, which was called. It doesn't matter what it's called. The point Topper. is. How are they not loyal? How was he not loyal? He was loyal to them for 10 years. That's unheard of in the music world. He was loyal. He was completely loyal. And then he goes, I want to go a different direction. He's a musician and a, and a, and a free thinker and an amazing, you know, person, Billy Joel, you know, how is that not being loyal? Because all of a sudden he goes, I want to go a different direction. Billy, I think uh, Bruce Springsteen got rid of the E street band for a couple of albums. Right. When he when he had the F Street band, that was a, you could tell that was a ripoff. <laughs> exactly. So obvious. But those but guys actually, weren't that, mad at him. They knew how it was. Are, are they upset? Sure, they're upset. They don't get to play with Bruce anymore. And maybe they're not going to get the recognition. But that's the way it works. They're hired hands. But this is what bothered them the most is that Billy Joel didn't tell them directly. He didn't say, look, Doug, it's been great, but I got to go a different direction. Sorry, Russell, got to go. different." He just had it. He had them fired through somebody else. And that really pissed them off. And it pissed Liberty off. And I think when Liberty got fired also in 2006, it was the same situation where Billy didn't tell him directly. Yep. Well, that is another issue. Uh, if you're not kind of man enough <laughs> to fire your, you know, to look them in the eyes and say, I'm going a different direction. That That is not cool, but it does happen. And it's a business. And, you know, if you see Moneyball <laughs> and see how it works in sports, uh, when uh, Brad Pitt is trying to tell uh, Jonah Hill how to fire somebody and they're uh-huh. like, they're professionals. They understand how it works. Uh, we're trading you to Ohio, to Cleveland. Okay. Is there anything else? No, remember? And uh, yeah, know, some yeah. people are devastated. I just, remember they're practicing, but I just bought a house. Let's practice. No. Yeah. I'm a player and you got to cut me from the roster. No. Go. What do you mean? No, no, do it. This is stupid. Part of the job, man. Fine. Billy, please have a seat. I need to talk to you for a minute. Go on. You've been a huge part of this team, but sometimes you have to make decisions that are best for the team. I'm sure you can understand that. You're cutting me. I'm really sorry. I just bought a house here. Well. In Oakland. 
Well, uh, well. Well, it, well, that's all you got to say? My kid just started a new school. They made friends. That's, uh, well, you shouldn't pull them out in the middle of the school year. You, you should wait. What the hell are you talking about? I don't know. I don't know. I shouldn't have, I'm not going to do this. I don't think, I think this is stupid. I'm not going to fire anybody and this is dumb. They're professional ball players. Just be straight with them. No fluff, just facts. Well, I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. These people are supposed to be professionals. The reason why the band works so well is because they were upset. Because there was a love of the relationship, which is good. But unfortunately, at the end of the day, it's a business. And even though it might not have been cool for Billy Joel to get rid of them the way he did, it's allowed. It is. Now, did you read the 2018 Vulture interview that Billy Joel gave? He talks about this firing situation. It's pretty interesting. I, I did. And then he said he he doesn't want to mention it because it'll ruin Liberty DeVito, which he's like, it'll make him look like an asshole. Right. <laughs> yeah. He said it would ruin Liberty's life if I said what really happened. And I don't want to ruin his life. So oof. exactly. Um, so we we know now we we know that makes so much sense. We know there's more to this than is spoken we know liberty's clearly insane uh that you know what he's asking for and what he's expecting but they've they've buried the hatchet by now they're they're okay with each other again it seems i don't know if russell has buried the hatchet with billy and billy joel in that interview actually was interesting when he talked about why he let russell go he said it was because he wasn't playing anything we isolated his guitar part and played it back and it was pluck pluck so what am i paying this guy for you know, he, listen, he, he liked him for a long time. And then he's like, he he's just uh, phoning it in. You know, I'm not uh, I really want somebody new and fresh. And the guy's a, a genius, Billy Joel. And you have to let genius do what they do. It's unfortunate. You know, if he's again uh, sitting there and, and Debbie Gibson is the person you're like, what? Really? Come on. You know the difference between me phoning it in and not. But <laughs> Billy Joel is Billy Joel. And you have to let him do his process. And and again, I, the loyalty to a band of 10 years, you know, it's I mean, you, it, it's so rare to be a Rolling Stones or you two and be relevant for 30 or 40 years. I mean, that's that's almost unheard of when you take a band like the Beatles or Led Zeppelin. How long were they together? They were all together for maybe 10 years that's yeah. normal so that that's 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 also unheard of in many ways but these these bands that have staying power and, and we're only together for a short period of time when you really look at the numbers you know it's it's that's normal to move on you know if he felt bad about firing these guys the last album would have been the bridge yeah right we wouldn't have gotten two more and I guess, yeah, you're right. It's not that uncommon. Like, if you look at Wikipedia's of certain bands, you'll see like timeline graphics they have of like when each band member was in the band. And there's a lot of turnover and stuff like that. Yeah. We should probably talk about the song a little bit during this episode. You yeah, like no, the song a lot. It has I kind of a country. It. it feels a little country to me. Do you, no, do you hear if you, that? If it, not at all. If it, if it had felt country, I would have hated it. So that's I didn't see that at all. I just felt it was totally like an 80s tune that brought me back. I could see that more of a as a movie theme than uh, Modern Woman. Yeah, I could see this one being like a you know a movie theme. I I loved it. I just it it also has that feel uh, that Steve Winwood feel uh, that we we're but with the, oh yeah the sure and stuff yeah. So it it just totally is that timeline of 1989, and I I just really like it. I, I it won't go out of my head, and I'm glad it won't. 
it, it reminded me also a little bit of like famous last words. It has a similar kind of guitar sound to it. Uh, obviously the lyrical content is very different, but uh, it had a kind of a cool sound like that. What are some of the lyrics? I didn't write them down. Money or love. Which one are you doing it for? Everybody has to make that choice sometime, you know, something is wrong. I can tell the feeling is gone. Do you still remember when we started long ago? Wasn't it love that kept us all driving in a rented car? Who could have known that endless road would ever have come this far? Well, I love it. And, you know, now when you know it's about the guys in the band, I love it. I love when they're I mean, what's better than a song? I mean, if the guy's going to write all these horrible songs about his horrible manager, (laughs) then why not just write about your band members, too? It can't always be about girls. You know, like I love that there's different topics and I think it's cool to write about that. And it's a great question. What are you doing this for money or love? Do you actually enjoy playing music? I I like the question asked. Yeah, but I think Billy Joel made the right choice. Like, it's good to write this kind of song, but I think putting it on the album, it's like a little bit too, it would make Billy Joel look petty. And, you know, because he's coming from a position of a lot of power. He's Billy Joel and he's kind of ripping on like these band members that he fired. It's not the same situation as like when Lennon and McCartney in the early 70s were writing songs about each other, like ripping on each other. Yeah. And that was okay because they were like equals. Like, okay, Lennon will write, how do you sleep? And then McCartney will come back with another thing. And like, that was okay. This would be like, what could Stegmeyer do? Yep. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. It, it would have been petty of him to put on. And the funniest part is if they actually played on this song. Hey, wait a minute. Yeah, I know what this is about. Each other. <laughs> right, this, right. This when they first, they first try it, they're just looking at the chart. They're playing along. <laughs> they're looking <laughs> at each other. That would be awesome. And Bill hey, like, names them in the song. And he's I like, just figured this out. <laughs> He changes the name slightly like Bugs Meg Buyer. Is this about me? No, that's about some guy named Bug that I know. Oh, my God. That would have been so brilliant. Uh, and if we ever uh, get our own sketch show, I'm totally doing that. Uh, <laughs> looking around at each other. And, but uh, there's also talk that he might not have put this on the album. Let's take what your theory, which is makes a lot of sense, is because it sounds very much uh, th- there's a definite a twinge to it, or if I said that correctly, to Downeaster Alexa. It's not, there's a little bit of similarity to it. So okay. uh, that could be another reason why it didn't go on the album. Yeah, that's that's also a good reason. And like I said, I feel like I hear, it's not country, but like if, if a country guy sang it with some twang, it would fit into that genre. And then so that kind of reminds me of Shameless almost, which was also... Oh, see, that's why I didn't want to hear you say country. I, yeah, ugh, I know. That's what ruined Shameless for sure for me, as we'll talk about. But yes, I can't stand country music, so I try not to think of it like this. And now you've ruined the song for me. Are you happy? Are you happy with yourself? <laughs> My bad. <laughs> you know, you're pulling a Liberty DeVito here. Yeah, by the way, I want royalties on uh, every episode we've done here. Oh, and also at the beginning of the song, I didn't know... I didn't know it was a real song because the way when he says one, two, three, four in that weird voice, I, I thought this was a gag that somebody was doing. I didn't think it was a real song until I saw it on the official Billy Joel. I had to look twice. You thought it was someone else doing it? Yeah, I thought somebody was doing a parody. Oh. <laughs> well, it's just weird. He sounds so creepy. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. I wonder if that's like, maybe that's how Doug Stegmaier would do count offs. Oh or something. my God, you're so mean. That would be right. Hilarious. There's probably some kind of thing like that. Like, I always thought when I was listening to this song, I was like, it's got a lot of jangly guitars, like a lot of rhythm guitar, very prominent in the song. And I was like, is that a dig at like Russell Javers? Like, oh, you're not in the band anymore. Too bad. This song is like right up your alley. It is pretty funny, too. I mean, it is weird. Like, obviously, I guess those guys were out 
when he wrote the song, they they didn't record the song, but Liberty did. Yeah, he must. Oh, been, I was trying to listen to the drums. Like, does he sound? Does he sound mad doing this? I'm just saying, it's a little two faced. He's like complaining. I can't believe you fired this guy. I can't believe you fired. Him. And then he's sitting there playing on this song. I mean, if he really had, you know, guts, I guess he would have just said, like, look, I can't play on this song. It's not cool. But he wanted to get. Yeah, paid. he should have done. He should have done like in Rudy, where he lays his drum sticks down and says, like, I'm not playing unless Rudy's playing. And and, and Billy Joel clearly says, I was loyal to him for 30 years. He's talking about. Liberty DeVito. Why is he complaining about it now? It's sad. He wish they could all just be happy together and reunite. Uh, I guess I really don't care. I couldn't care less. Billy Joel's going to sound good with whatever band he has. And if he's happy touring with the band he has now, then so be it. You know, then 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 we win. So I yeah, I, right. And you don't know if maybe if he had the other guys, maybe certain songs that Billy Joel does now, like would just wouldn't work because maybe those guys don't like playing certain songs or can't hit certain you know, things anymore. When you reach the know. age that he's at now and the way he's playing and doing his working his life, he's just got to be happy. And that's what makes us happy that he keeps performing. So he's got to choose the band that he likes. And if he was and if he's fed up with people in the band he's using now and he doesn't feel the delivering, he's going to get rid of them, too. But that's the way it works. That's the way musicians know it works. The musicians are just as bad as comics and they are really sensitive. And this is just normal band stuff and i would say again that billy joel has been nothing but not normal in keeping these people around for so many years anyway i don't i don't have any trivia today i just want to i mean i i could talk about this song for a long time because i like it but it's an unreleased track so we don't need to go very long i didn't write a trivia question did you are you kidding? I, what are you doing this podcast for? Money or love? Okay? <laughs> Cuz like I do it for the love. I wrote a trivia question for this. Oh, uh, I am not doing it for money, clearly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, Please, Venmo like, Dave. <laughs> I, I would love to hear your trivia question then. Okay, I'll do it for you anyway. You're not doing a parry too, are you? No, no. It would be, it doesn't, nothing right here rhymes with scone. So I was like, what's the point? Oh, Jesus. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, trivia question. Doug Stegmeyer was replaced on Stormfront in 1989 by a bass player named Skylar Deal. In that same year, 1989, Skylar Deal also played bass on an album by a child of one of Billy Joel's heroes. Whose album was it? I'm just right off the top of my head going to say Julian Lennon. That is correct. Whoa! Oh, that is, I was thinking of the timeline in my head. I'm thinking of the timeline. And then when he said the child of the heroes, I remember he had that one unbelievable album. And then never was heard from again yeah this was his third album so the unbelievable oh. one was his uh, debut album in 84 um, oh this okay. was the third it was called mr jordan yeah no I, what happened to julian lennon he had that unbelievable breakout solo album that he, he always said well you always have your whole life to write your first album and then the second one wasn't great although if i remember again off the top of my head i feel like the second album or was it the first album one of the albums had a video with michael j fox in it which of course made me happy <laughs> that's and gotta be cool i don't know whether it was the first one what was it and and it's much too late for goodbye that was the uh, the hit and i don't remember if michael j fox was in that one or in the what they tried to release as the hit for the second one and then i don't even think people knew he released a third one. Oh, but here's an so interesting good. thing that song that you just sang too late for goodbyes which was on his first album in 84 right. Guess who played harmonica on that song? Well, I was going to say Ringo Starr because they always just all the members of the Beatles and their heirs seem to love Ringo. Uh, it's not Toots 
Thielman, is it? It is. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was one of my bonus trivia questions. Here's another one. Wow. Um, so this album, Mr. Jordan, that this guy played bass on was his third album. Uh, Julian Lennon's first two albums were produced by who? Phil Ramone? Yeah. Wow, really? Wow. How interesting. How do you like that? Wow. And here's here's an extra bonus uh, extra bonus question. On one of the songs on Julian Lennon's second album, who played piano? Paul McCartney? Billy Joel. Shut up. Yeah, he played piano on one song. Really? Wow. In 86 on the song. I'm so excited to do that. You get what you want. How do you like that? I did not know that. I did not know that. But like I said, that album went nowhere. He just dropped off the face of the earth. It's weird. You you really thought after that first album, he had multiple hits. He was great. He looked just like his dad. And you really thought he was going to have a career. I, I don't exactly know what happened. Well, I think what happened is after he found that that shoebox that had all of um, John Lennon's unreleased songs in it, and he put them out as his first album, uh, he, he ran out of songs. You're just kidding, right? <laughs> they were all written by John. <laughs> You're I'm joking? kidding. Oh, no, I, what I, happened I, is um, Julian Lennon had a really meddling mother named Yoko Ono who yeah. broke up the Julian Lennon band. Is that true? Oh, you're joking about that. too. Well, he did have a mother. Oh, no, a, a stepmother, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, she is awful. Yeah. Well, folks, that was Money or Love. If you like our podcast, be sure to go to Apple and give us five stars. We release new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, so make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss a single song. Follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z and give us some feedback. Do you think Liberty DeVito has a legitimate grievance? Do you agree with Billy's decision to get rid of Doug and Russell? Can anyone find Dave's Hidden Gems Spotify playlist? <laughs> Please let us know. And did you know that Billy Joel played on a Julian Lennon album? Until next time, I'm Alan Altman. I'm Dave Jeffskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Best unreleased track ever. Wasn't in love that kept the song, diving in a